0: I haven't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. You guess your press points with your two favorite hosts. I'm D and this is Snoop AJ. We're coming at you with Season 5, Episode 19, Simple Sabotage, A Practical Guide. I don't know what the fuck AJ's talking about, but it better be good. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at point0 Pressure Babies. Let's get to it. Well turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass.
1: Ooh, so close on that one. I know, I, it's all good. I mean, yeah, it's I'm a fine. little distracted. Slightly. Yeah. Um,
0: Snoop AJ, because your boy D is rolling up a ton of joints. In studio today. it's I finally found something useful for yeah. you to fidget We've, with. We finally found the the fidget spinner that I so desperately needed, and it involved, you guessed it, marijuana. Who would have guessed? Who would have thought? Oh,
1: wonderful. Well, how, how have you
0: been this week? You know, good. Uh, went to my little brother's um, ring ceremony for his wedding, because they got married a couple months ago. And uh, they they didn't do like anything big at the time. So this last weekend, they decided to do something. But since I'm the middle child and nobody gives a fuck about me, I wasn't informed. So like on Tuesday, my mom texts me and it's like, "Where oh, are you coming?" And I go to Dad's birthday. No. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, "Let your brother know." And I was like, "Okay." Okay, well, I don't know why I'm telling Friday, my brother. Yeah, I was like, like uh, okay, I guess I'll let him know as if it's that big of a deal. So Friday hits, and it's the day before whatever the fuck was supposed to happen. And uh, my mom texts me, and she goes, Can, are you sure you can't make it? I know it would
1: mean a lot to him if you could make it for one hour. And I was like, to fucking what? Yeah, why, she, <laughs> why does my little brother care so much about my father's birthday? Like, what and the she, fuck? She goes, she was like, didn't you get an invite? I was like, what
0: invite? And she goes, you didn't receive it? I was like, will you just fucking
1: tell me? What is it?
0: you just tell me what the fuck I'm supposed to be going to? So she's like, oh, yeah, it's his ring ceremony. And I was like, why has no one told me this? And she goes, you know what? I knew I was forgetting something. And I go, yeah, your middle child, mother. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So I went for just a little bit yesterday. Yeah.
1: I did my one hour. Nice. Community service. My one
0: hour of community service. Fuck, I have to do six hours of
1: community service for my program. Yeah, sure, for your program. Yeah.
0: Criminal ass piece of shit. He said while well, he worked on rolling <laughs> joints.
1: In a state where it's not. <laughs> no, it's totally. Legal. I mean, it's completely. Yeah, we're actually filming in L.A. It's,
0: it's legal to me, so. Perfect. And that's those are the rules. Yeah, but I so are by. you. Yeah,
1: mm. it's true. So yeah, you're gonna get some. Oh,
0: you're gonna get a little ASMR, little, little clicky clacks throughout this episode. Sorry about it, but not really all that sorry about it because this is gonna help me out later.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you're good at it. So that's the only reason I'll allow it. Kind of. I also just don't know how to do it myself. It's really not all that it, hard. It rarely gets in my teeth. Rarely? So, rarely. But that's cuz I really like sucking hard on them. I like to smoke the entire joint in one breath. <laughs> the whole <laughs> just a, thing. Just like a cartoon. Jesus. <laughs> Um, exhale for, like, two fucking minutes. <laughs> yeah. and s- smoke just starts coming out of my ears. Yeah. It, you can blow it out of your eye holes. <laughs> yeah. Like milk. Ugh. No, I can't, actually. Thank Christ, I'm not one of those freaks.
0: Yeah, for the people like that are weird.
1: Yeah, they really are. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be this whole episode. This is going to really be, like, the cigar thing again. I should really... Oh, th- no, those papers are bigger. So I have some... Uh, cigarette rolling papers from world war ii that were rationed but they were never actually sent out and i'm sure the there's no chemicals on the papers i'm sure it's fine yeah. can't imagine they're can't smaller, imagine. smaller than those oh yeah and they have the german cross embossed on them because they were the, they were nazi rolling papers jesus of course so i think they're in actually, protest
0: they're actually really fucking cool if we're being honest yeah
1: in protest against the nazis we should
0: Roll a S- joint
1: out of their rolling papers. Yeah, but
0: it has to be it has to be weed that we get from someone that's Jewish.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, I can figure that out. At least two percent. Perfect. Uh, hey, if there's anybody who's Jewish and has a weed hookup, hit me up. At least two percent Jewish. That's all. That's all we require to piss off the Germans. Oh yeah. Uh, I actually was learning about those laws, like the race laws, because I'm working on on a project regarding. Uh, the events and interviews with uh, people who survived the Holocaust. Okay. So I was looking into like the race laws that they had because originally it was like uh, I'm not going to remember it now but it's like if one of your parents is Jewish you're Jewish but if they're not Jewish but both of their grandparents oh, are Jewish you know it, just it's like, like the that.
0: weird legality. Yeah with
1: the weird legitimacy that they tried to create through the laws. so that's super cool. I actually finished one of those, one of the six parts of that project. So coming soon. Um, So yeah, today we're going to be talking about something I talked about last week. Um, You were talking about the Swedish Schindler, right? Mm -hmm. And I talked about the OSS and their their Simple Sabotage book. So I showed up to my parents' house a couple of days ago. And my mother was like, I really liked when you talked about that. Like, I want to know more about, like, maybe people who have used that information or, like, how it was actually used during the war and, like, more information on that. It's like
0: actually creating inconveniences to slow down the production and movement of, of the entire thing.
1: Yeah. So I, I looked into it, and like I had thought, it's basically impossible because the whole idea was the sabotage was so simple— that you could just be a conscientious objector and you can get away with this sabotage, and you're never gonna get caught because it's made to look like normal wear and tear or an industrial accident or things like that. So basically impossible. So instead, I'm going into I'm going to talk about the OSS a little bit. This is not like a deep dive into the OSS, but enough. And then I went. A uh, reminder: the OSS is Office of Strategic yeah. Services. There you go. It was formed in June 13th, 1942. In the U.S.
0: Just as a reminder, because I know I mentioned it
1: last week. I just wanted to make sure that everybody... Yeah, yeah. For you. You wanted to make sure you remembered it. I knew what the U.S. was. Yeah, okay. Sure.
0: Uh, quick reminder of uh, what happened during World War II real quick. Oh, yeah, just the whole thing? Yeah, just a quick rundown of... Uh, him... hit, hit Hibbler? <laughs> whoever what? that guy Ra- was.
1: Randolph Hibbler? Whoever,
0: whoever that guy is that you have so many, like... Paintings, Yeah,
1: of. paintings and Pictures. rule 34 paintings of. I don't know what rule 34 is, but... And if you're like me, you should Google it. Rule 34 Hibbler. Hibbler. Two bees. Yeah, you gotta make sure. But the bees aren't consecutive. Hibblerstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hiblerg. Hibblerg. Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah. I'm, uh, let's talk about that, because I think it's interesting because you know there's always been spies there's always been like intelligence Mm -hmm. gathering um world war one has some really interesting spy warfare crinkle crinkle (laughs) that's sorry (laughs) that's real loud holy shit you're gonna have to to run the condenser
0: before you put everything together
1: (laughs) that's like uh that's louder than it is in real life
0: yeah
1: but uh it's really interesting because it's always been going on but this is really the time period where it got formalized like technology was there the need for it is there <laughs> i love it i love that Sing so loud fuck it is it's okay
0: it prob- I, with our oh we're, it's not gonna come up i i can almost promise it won't
1: what this the sound of it oh it will i can hear it yeah i know you can but your condenser will probably filter all right out. we'll see We'll find um, out. Yeah, we'll find out. Well, you'll find out because I don't re-listen to these <laughs> after I edit them. Someone will. Won't yeah. be either of uh, us. Comment on our most, inst- our most instant recent gram uh, if you can hear it. Alright, so basically World War Two is happening and the U.S. is horrible with their intel compared to the rest of the world. We're still running World War One, which is like Three people sending uh, like talking, sending letters, like it's it's horrible. Like U.S. intelligence was ad hoc based, so it's just as needed. Every you know branch of the military was doing their own, so it was redundant. They were um, repeating, often butting heads on their intelligence gathering because they're all doing the same. They're all trying to do the same job without communication.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this dude. Where is it? Oh, I'm I'm jumping ahead, a little bit. But so pretty much the OSS was in charge of espionage, propaganda, and subversion during World War II. So um, obviously we were allies with, um, <clears throat> with the UK, and they were kind of hey we need help and you guys aren't gonna join the war for a while. I mean, they don't know that, but basically this guy from MI6 came over and his name was William Stevenson. He was a British intelligence officer and he went to FDR and was basically like, you guys have terrible intelligence. Like you guys are terrible at this. So let me help you. FDR was like, yeah, let's set this up. We need this to create this basically MI6, but for the U S which MI6 is the British intelligence agency. It's like the FBI of the Britain, right? Kinda, yeah. Yeah, it's just that kind of. It's an intelligence gathering. That's that's the important thing to remember. Okay. Um, but like the FBI is more. Um, so more like the CIA. Yeah, FBI. more like the CIA. Okay. But I, I think I think MI six does both, where it's both local. and... I don't know. I don't know much about MI six, but uh, so FDR goes to will this guy named William Donovan. And says, alright, make a plan for this agency. So he writes up a plan, and FDR is like, cool, let's do it. You're gonna be set up for it, but it's not gonna be, like, super official. Yet. (laughs) So, figure this shit out. And they start setting up spy networks all over Europe and Northern Africa. You are distracting the (laughs) fuck out of me. Oh, God. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, so they start setting up spy networks. Everything's based, like, the majority of the intel they were getting was from the UK. Because it it was basically MI6, like, that's it. It was MI6 for a while. And then they started setting up their networks, learning from other agencies, and sent up their cool shit. Uh, At their peak, they had 24,000 employees, I guess. Okay. So it got pretty big um, and they started setting up the coolest thing I think that they did is they started setting up training centers and like military camps all across. They went into Canada. They had some in Europe. They mostly in the US, of course. And what they would do is they would fly out members of resistance groups, indigenous, local indigenous groups from different countries and slaughter them. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. What? They, they would train them. <laughs> That's a surprise. Weirdly enough. And because then they're like, oh, well, we don't like the current government of this place, so we'll just get the rebels and train them, and then the rebels will just, you know, fuck them over. Which, at this time period, that was good. Later on, during the Cold War, they did this, and it caused a bunch of genocides. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, In fact, they had a an operation called, I think it was Operation Dixie, where the OSS essentially trained a bunch of people in this little-known radical political group called Mao's Red Army <laughs> oh my God. prior to the revolution. Jesus. Like, we had a direct hand in in Mao. Mao Zedong's, like, rise to power. Yeah. In, in... Who we then became enemies with less than 10 years later Jesus Christ I love it he, they they were also involved with the Viet Minh who if you're not familiar with that that's the the group of Ho Chi Minh the Vietnamese oh okay. communist yeah uh, socialist Jesus yeah I love it because at this point I mean we were pretty pretty friendly with the Soviets so co- communism wasn't this big scary buzzword yet which is just great. It really it really outlines how fucking stupid yeah, really. everything is. Like, how, how created everything is. So, I just thought that was interesting that they had a hand in training these groups that would become America's enemy, you know, Goddamn. ten years later. Which, it surprises me, but it doesn't at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. To me, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, they start getting... Oh, another very interesting to me, because I'm of the belief that the Cold War started much earlier than anybody will acknowledge. I've talked about it briefly before. I found some more evidence of that. Oh, Um, During the 1944, so before the end of the war, the OSS started procuring ciphers and intel from Finland, from the Finns, against the Soviets. So we started cracking their codes and ally... And allies' codes before the end of the war, we started gathering in- intel on them. Oh, huh. So it's like the writing Doesn't... was already on the wall. People already saw. Yeah, they were already beginning their distrust of. Yeah. Of Soviets. So it's. I just thought that was really interesting. Also, when you when you think of you know. Pre Cold War and Cold War spy agencies, you think of James Bond esque gadgets. <laughs> At least I do, because that's mm-hmm. that's the only part that's cool. Yeah, and they made a ton. The OSS. This was like the first time, good like a good amount of government money, especially in the U.S., was spent on making these spy gadgets. So they they created like silenced weapons, and um, like the Sten. I think the Sten was made from them. You know the Sten machine gun. It had the It has the clip that goes sideways.
0: Oh, and you hold it and you
1: shoot. Yeah, the the whole idea behind that is, you could make it from pretty common community items, pipes and yeah. But when you break it apart, it just looks like you're holding pipes and like machinery components. So if you're a factory worker, it just looks like yeah. You just had some in your pocket when you're going home, and it it fits all sorts of different. I think it was nine millimeter magazines. I'm not. Not 100% sure, because I didn't look into the stents. It makes sense, because
0: it would be it would be like a smaller... You would want it to still be compact, but large enough to fuck people up. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, it was really cool. They they tried to make guns like that, where they're concealable, easy to break down, easy to put back together, reliable, and machine guns. Because that was the thing to, you know, to cause an ambush, you gotta shoot real fast. Yeah. Um, some other cool things they made were hidden explosives that look like coal. So if you just had a a piece of coal in your pocket and you throw it onto a train car when nobody's watching, (laughs) like, into the the coal-carrying car, there's a good chance somebody will shovel it into the coal power for the steam engine and blow up the boiler, which would completely decommission that entire train. Jesus Christ.
0: You know what I just realized? What? This is the long-awaited and promised ASMR episode.
1: Oh, shit, you're right. (laughs) Damn it. I was going to retire on that. Nope. You're a bastard. Um, They also did a lot of stuff with... Well, not with the Red Cross, but kind of taking advantage of the Red Cross. Yeah. Because POW camps, you were allowed to send your people care packages, Ah. and they were through the Red Cross. So there's nothing... You know, more
0: ethical in a war scenario than taking advantage of the safety that a hospice unit has. Hospice? Red Cross. I'd say like not hospice, but like Well yeah, I would still say hospice. Nah. When they're they're providing food, water.
1: Hospice is end of life care. Oh.
0: Well regardless.
1: Yeah. A, a medicine medical, and shit. A like, medical Humanitarian a medical, humanitarian approach. Yeah. Approach. Yeah. So what they would do is God,
0: nothing more American than
1: they would uh sneak in that bullshit. Oh of in, course. Right? They they would provide their POWs with cards, like playing cards. That was a super common item. But they had hidden maps on them. So based on the camp where you were being kept, it would give you a map to where you could escape, get over the border, and then contact the U.S. and then get taken out. Huh. They they would... And then, you know, to help find your way, they would also give you extra buttons that would pop open and show a compass. They'd have a compass oh, underneath okay. Um I also saw this. This unrelated, different group made this. In fact, I think it was MI6 that produced this. There are certain buttons that if you take one off and set it down and then you take another one off and put it on top of it because they're kind of cupped it creates a compass.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen
1: that. Cool shit like that is yeah, what they, uh, they would make. Yeah, it was it was the buttons. It, yeah. That's sick. Like, Super cool shit like crazy. that. And then, you know, they made, like, tasteless poison tablets. Pretty common. Uh, they they made the first camera the size of a matchbox. It was pretty good. Jesus. Um, my favorite, though, my favorite invention was... Cigarettes that were laced with THC, to induce chattiness, to get the boys to start chatting. <laughs> like you give it to a military officer, and they'd get, they'd feel real good, and maybe slip the, slip you some secrets. That's it. I'm joining the military. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you got to join the military on the other side, and then get caught. Yeah,
0: I'm joining. No, I'm not joining the Russian military. No fucking. No. You not, don't want to die. Nope. <laughs>
1: um and probably their biggest contribution though was small compact and hideable radios so you could communicate and they would give them to resistance groups so that they could be up to date and they could coordinate so like there there's all these all these shows where there's about the resistance like there's one uh what the fuck is it it's called alo alo. <laughs> And it's stupid. I do not suggest you watch it. Uh, it's based on the... But I love it.
0: The U2 song.
1: I love, I love. Oh, God, no. Yeah. The, Never. The world's best song. It's actually based on resistance groups. And, so, and the world's best artist of all time. It's basically a guy who owns a pub. Uh-huh. And he is basically forced into working for the resistance while very actively having to serve... The oh no he's French, did I say what he was? He's French. He owns you a pub. Just said the resistance. Sorry. He's being contacted by different members of the resistance all the time. He doesn't speak any other language but French. Also, the show does the best thing where they they uh, portray different languages just by the accent, just but they're the all accent. speaking in English. And so I love that all shit. All
0: American fucking. War they're Yankees. Movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly, and yeah it it basically the point i'm trying to get to is he had it's either his mother or his mother-in-law is bedridden in the attic bedroom and that's where he hides his radio he like pushes down on the bed and it's like a murphy bed and it comes up and there's a radio (laughs) hidden under there and every time he launches it up she freaks out there there's a
0: a radio and for some reason a secretary (laughs) yeah just Uh, a scantily clad secretary (laughs) type 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 type
1: type yeah and so they did a ton of shit with, with hidden radios because that was the best way to communicate during that time and get actual news that wasn't um, propaganda. Well, not as propaganda, Yeah. Um, get news from their
0: preferred source of propaganda.
1: Yeah, exactly. How um, I like it. <laughs> perfect. American bleeding. I bleed no. red, white, and blue. It's a serious medical condition. No. Um, they also God, created a bunch of like ways to wiretap and they created fake ID cards and money ration cards. And cool enough, there was this one dude, I don't remember his name. He invented this type of oxygen rebreather and he went to the Navy and said, you can stay below for so much longer with this because you don't need these huge tanks and you know all this stuff, and they they were like, "No."
0: I wish that he was a Soviet spy, and he's like, "Try it." <laughs> I dare you. Trust me. Everyone, try it right <laughs> now.
1: You get can get the president in here.
0: If you hold your breath for twenty minutes, it still works. You're not passing out. You're actually just feeling the effects of how e- yeah. efficient this is.
1: That's normal. You're, it's it's because it's too much oxygen, yeah, which is tr- good for you. Try it, General. Yeah. No, they and so he was turned away from them. And then he went to the OSS and said, "Hey, I, I invented this thing." And he showed it off at a hotel pool, and the the people he showed
0: it off at OSS Con.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He had a booth. It was the hotel after OSS Con, <laughs> where the real work gets yeah, done. Yeah, it was the if it was the after party in the bathroom with the holes in the st- between the stalls, just the nineteen forties <laughs> American way. It was the after party where he found a young Gorbachev,
0: <laughs> and proposed his idea. Um, <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ yeah so it, it was so they, they picked it up and they actually started like a branch of the OSS that went into um, like aquatic landing and diving and they they also did a lot with like limpet mines and um, timed explosives all sorts of cool shit for the time period Um, and yeah they had a ton of training camps where they, w- we'll see some familiar names soon. And I'll also call out a previous episode.
0: Ooh.
1: And Very I'm good. not going to have to do it. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what episode it is, so you'll still have to do it. But I'll remember somehow. I hope I so. Know. I'm in this chair, so I'll remember. Yeah. So to, to kind of clear up the first section of this podcast, to kind of finish it off, I went into and found notable members, notable to me. If I recognized a name, I put it down. Of the OSS. Because they had a lot of people. Now, first one, Moberg. Have you ever heard of Moberg? No. So he was a, I think it was Jewish-American, polyglot, spoke a bunch of languages. Is that what that's called? Yeah. That's where you a bunch, no, I think it's more than, it's three or more. I don't know. Polyglot? Polyglot, yeah. Weird. So he was sent to investigate the Germans' atomic weapon program. So he he actually made contact with like these big Germer Germer German scientists Gerber and basically he met with Gerber scientists and the US government basically relied on him to understand how far they were in creating nukes pretty big job um he then uh, he was also a member of the Boston Red Sox <laughs> that that's that's how most people know Moberg. He was a Red Sox guy. Ooh, that's beautiful.
0: Uh, AJ recently bought a cigarette case with a pinup on the front and a lighter on the side, and that is why I'm rolling joints today.
1: Hell yeah!
0: It's to fill this like fucking fancy little cigarette case with.
1: Now you got to do the other side. Joints, yeah. That's Hell yeah. Um, so. I don't know if you know this, but basically this lady was the real reason that French cuisine came over to the U.S. and became more popular. Okay. There had been other pushes decades and hundreds of years before, but she really made it very accessible to the, the modern wife, because that's those were the people who were doing the cooking at this time period, and her name is Julia Child. <laughs> She worked during, directly under Donovan for a while. She was a top-secret researcher. She actually helped with the invention of a shark repellent, because sharks kept, sharks kept swimming into the mines that they were putting down, and she, she helped invent the shark repellent that is still used to this day. To, to make sharks not go near our minds.
0: Okay, my guess is this is not the Julia Childs that everyone knows
1: of. It's the same one. Julia Child. What? The famous... Uh, she came yeah. home. So during the war, she spent a lot of time in Asia. And then she... Towards the end of the war, she spent a lot of time in France, where she met her husband. And she fell in love with French food. So she came back and wrote a ton oh, of
0: cookbooks cookbooks books. incorporating about those seven cups of wine into exactly oh, okay. because
1: she, yeah based Makes on sense. she found her husband she, she didn't who have was to worry GI. about PTSD she was yeah. drunk all the time and and she brought over a bunch of French recipes I was like what the fuck yeah huh. this is the Julia Child Jesus it's like, crazy pretty pretty fancy if you're you know know who that is I guess and, and if then you,
0: if you don't go look up one of her
1: oh, fucking yeah. like just one of her old recipe videos. She changed a lot of, like, cuisine culture in America. You're just going to have a few cups of rum. That's exactly her. Yep. Yep. Um, and then... It's
0: a hundred... I shit you not. That is exactly what she sounds like. She it sounds is. like she's, she's speaking with, like, a New England accent with marbles in her mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um... Fucking amazing food. Oh, yeah.
0: But, yeah. I <laughs> just... Just the best. She's great. Oh, yeah, National fantastic. Treasure.
1: Uh, another guy. I only recognize this name because I looked up mid-century boxers and wrestlers for the Nat Arno episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Jumpin' Joe Savoldi. He was a wrestler. He played a bunch of different sports as well. He was recruited to be an Italian agent because he had a fantastic recall of Mussolini's compound because he had been there. Is he one that fought Nat Arno? No. Oh, damn. Uh, no, by it was the just way, in the
0: time period. Fighting Jew of Newark, uh, season two, episode like five or something. Amazing episode. That's a fun one. It's a very good episode. And borderline applies to today.
1: Like, no, it does. Uncomfortably <laughs> applies to today. Yeah. Check it out. It's a good one. So th- this guy, he was just an Italian boxer who happened to be very familiar with. Um, the geography of Italy, and specifically Mussolini's compound. He he was sent on a bunch of missions in Italy. Now, I I found a great quote, specifically about Camp X, which was one of the main camps. It was the Assassination and Elimination OSS Camp. And it was called, and I quote, The School of Mayhem and Murder, <laughs> by George Hunter White. Do you remember George Hunter White? Yes. So George, I
0: so heavily
1: recognize the name. Yeah. That was this season. Mm-hmm. I think so. So he was trained in this school in the 50s after the OSS had been dissolved and split up into two groups, of which the bigger one is the CIA. He was trained in the 50s at this camp, uh, where he, about a decade later... Set up and renovated a bunch of hotels or not hotels, like apartments, oh, and then shit. hired yep. Uh, yep. And sex then workers, hired sex workers to dose to up <sighs> other agents and other people. And then he got to watch them.
0: Just utilize those fucking US, yeah, Operation LSD. Midnight Climax, oh my God, dude. whichever episode that was. Uh, that one fucking episode, like seven or some shit. I
1: don't know, but this season though, this season, yeah,
0: I think it's the not MK Ultra.
1: <laughs> that is correct and I just thought it was crazy that I came across so many here. so
0: many that are so familiar yeah this is enough this is our filler uh, this is our filler Simpsons episode where we're just doing callbacks to every other <laughs> previous yeah. episode Every
1: everything's <laughs> a reference this to another a, episode yeah. we will get to the point <laughs> probably next season where there's nothing we haven't talked about that isn't related to something else
0: yeah, God damn that's
1: it. how history works we're doing it We're getting there. Ah. Tying it all together, the conclusion. I also wanted to point out that at Camp X, one of the, or two of the instructors are known as William Fairbairn and Eric Sykes. You may not be familiar with those names, but I am because they invented the Fairbairn Sykes fighting knife, which I really want to get an original. They're not super common nowadays, but basically they designed a knife. They were like expert knife fighters. Mm Mm-hmm. And they designed the best knife for self-defense and just killing people. Like, combo. Both of those things. And it's the Fairbairn Sykes knife. Sick. So, I want want some. I want one. An original. If anybody knows, has a hookup, hit me up. I'll pay a little bit.
0: If anybody's grandpa has one in
1: their attic. Yeah, pretty much. Reach out. But, now I'm going to go on. I downloaded. uh, Here, I'm going to show you. The Simple Sabotage Field Manual that I spoke about last week. Mm-hmm. And I went through and I highlighted a bunch of spots that I want to talk about. Because here's the practical part. I'm going to tell you how to... I'm going to teach you how to perform Simple Sabotage. All right? and You don't even have to go to your local library. Yeah, you don't. We'll do it for you. <laughs> and so I, I, uh, I need you to make a promise that you will only use this information... In an ethical way, like I don't know, do you have any examples of how this information could be used? I don't know. Uh, you're actually currently studying ethics,
0: so why don't you fill me in <laughs> on some ethics based on the great ethical observations your your fellow classmates were making. like
1: two people actually like an made, ethical morality.
0: Huh. like is it ethical to sleep at your boyfriend's or your dad's house?
1: That was seriously, oh, my God, a pissed me I guess me it off. just depends on which one you're going to sleep with. <laughs> Is it ethical to sleep with your father? <laughs> that's, <what> they, <laughs> that's the that's question. Version, that's what they were trying to get to. Oh, Jesus. Yeah,
0: some fucking weird fellow classmates, dude.
1: Oh, yeah. So, you know, I... I...
0: <laughs> somebody, uh, somebody answer this hypothetical, ethical <laughs> yeah. question for me, please. So, you
1: know, I'm not going to tell you to go out and punch a cop, but, like, you'd be a lot cooler if you did. <clears throat> so this is the the first page january 17th 1944 the simple simple sabotage field manual strategic services provisional is published for the information and guidance of all concerned and will be used as a basic doctrine for strategic services training for the subject Strategy. Strategy. the context contents of this manual should be carefully controlled and should not be allowed to come into unauthorized hands. Uh, ah. Yeah. <laughs> the The instructions may you be fucked placed... Up.
0: You done fucked, fucked up!
1: fucked up! The instructions may be placed in separate pamphlets or leaflets according to categories of operations, but should be distributed with care and not broadly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he read on a fucking on a podcast. podcast. What are we? Number,
1: International number, podcast. Number 300 in global reach in history. I don't correct? know. Correct? I have no idea. I don't know. They don't show us until we're in 100. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where was I? Yeah. They should be used as a basis of radio pro- broadcasts only for local and special cases as directed by the theater commander. D, as the theater commander, do I have your permission to distribute? I really wish
0: that I had the uh, some of the sleeper agent fucking oh, yeah. radio sounds oh, that, that you had played before just fucking play one beep, of those <laughs> boop, beep. go out my babies
1: isn't <laughs> that the time is nigh um so basically it has a little introduction where Burn it, down your local police station <laughs> please it basically points out who this is for Dying and for what it is chaos. for chaos <laughs> uh, i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so it, it points out the difference that sabotage can be anything from highly technical coup into just uh, to innumerable simple acts which the ordinary individual citizen saboteur can perform. Um, I'd like to call them minor
0: acts of almost
1: terrorism. Exactly. <laughs> Where destruction is involved, the weapons of the citizen saboteur... Are salt, nails, candles, pibbles, thread, or any other materials he might normally be expected to possess as a householder or as a worker?
0: Man, we really got to start naming our episodes after the show, because minor acts of almost terrorism would be that's a way there. We
1: this really episode. need to. <laughs> well, you did that to yourself with the intro. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't know that. I didn't know this was part of the episode. His arsenal is the kitchen shelf, the trash pile, his own usual kit of tools and supplies. The targets of a sabotage are usually objects to which he has normal and inconspicuous access to in everyday life. Um, A second type of simple sabotage requires no destructive tools whatsoever and produces physical damage. If any, by highly indirect means. It is based on universal opportunities to make faulty decisions to a adopt a non-cooperative attitude and to induce others to follow suit i love that idea where it's just you don't even have to use
0: tools actually uh realistically speaking the best way to apply this is um to embrace the like ending of anti uh anti-union busting like Fucking help with creating unions by using these tactics on the people that
1: are trying to bust and break exactly. up. Exactly. You got it. The. You got it. Like, I, I, I thought yeah. it would come later than this, but you got it. Yeah. That's the entire idea is that you can use these to further your goals in your workplace. Yeah. Very common. I, I use some of this shit all the time. And on you me. see. And it's so manipulative, but it works. (laughs) (laughs) It works really well. I got a pay raise, and he he doesn't even get paid. I don't even know what he said. (laughs) He's rolling joints for me.
0: (laughs) Damn it. Fuck.
1: So simple sabotage is often an act which the citizen performs according to his own initiative and inclination. Acts of destruction do not bring them any personal gain. That's, That's another thing. Like, this isn't for you.
0: Oh, it isn't
1: that. It isn't that. No, it's it's like there's there's a further goal. We're greater, because... greater, than oneself. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Then I I there were a couple pages where I didn't put anything in because it was boring. What? There's no highlights. <laughs> where did oh, they go? God! What have you done? I'm really confused because they're not here anymore. Hold on, I I can do this. Without it. Uh, fuck (laughs) where did they go pause no i'm not gonna
0: pause pause and finish your fucking notes
1: i did it i swear okay specific suggestions for simple sabotage um basically they say you can't like we can't outline everything but let's give you some some places to start so they start with buildings warehouses barracks offices hotels factory buildings perfect targets because you know generally in most of those buildings members of the public are allowed most of those places and they say it's beautiful
0: mm-hmm.
1: they say fire is the best weapon in this case um <coughs> sorry <clears throat> Whenever possible, arrange to have a, the fire start whenever you've gone away. Use a candle and paper. Basically, they say, get a candle, wrap the base in paper. And if even better, if you can make that paper have some kind of flammable liquid on it. And then, coming off of that paper, you have rope or string or more paper that leads to a pile of oily rags or, you know, something that it's going to extend. So, like, if you have a... A wastebasket full of paper, dump it out in the corner, and light a candle and create this fuse. Oops. I accidentally filled my pockets of gasoline,
0: which had holes in them, and I let the gasoline right to where I flicked
1: my cigarette. Crazy. Where I just left barrels of oil. That that's the idea. Oops. It's you creating this <laughs> fuse that can look like an accident. Oh, I'd love it. And, yeah, no, it's fantastic. They say, you know, the paper should be three or four centimeters wide. You wrap it around the base two or three times, and then you twist more paper and rope, and you just create this nest that will ignite once the paper starts, you know. This chain of getting bigger and bigger, going to wherever and whatever you're going to blow up. Uh, Best to do in a cramped space, use a corner, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um let's see what else is it oh they go into like celluloid but we don't that's not as common nowadays because there's there's a lot that's no longer pertinent but some that is
0: so many of these for some reason utilize radium infused glass (laughs) yeah i don't
1: know why good luck finding it now (laughs) (laughs) they said uh another fuse that you can make is you get a string you rub some grease on the bottom, and then right where the grease meets the dry string, you put a little gunpowder, because everybody just has <laughs> access to that. And I'm like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> yeah, I keep it alongside my uh, flintlock rifle. <laughs>
1: <God>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is America. Yeah, um, right. and, and then they said, oh, if you don't have gunpowder or grease, like just lay out matches. Like, lay out a bunch so that all the heads are touching, lay the string across the top, and then light it. And then on your own time, figure out how fast that specific piece of string burns so you can time it so that you have all this flammable shit over the match heads towards the end of the match heads. But the match heads will like light up because the string will just like smolder along. And then when it hits the, light, the match heads, the match head will burst up and create yeah. this chain down all the match heads. And then you create and then you lead it to your trash pile or whatever you're burning and you'll burn down the place.
0: Is this before they came up with, um, like, fire starting forensics? It, really? it was not very. It sounds advanced. like it's a long time before, like, fireman forensics. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck
1: that's called. That it's Like remember. arson, arson forensics. Yeah, ar- ar- arson investigation. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: like there wasn't back then, a time. they're like, fuck it, just lay out like dominoes of matches. They'll never know. And now it's like, it appears he laid out seven miles of domino matchsticks, which he then caused to fucking get Well, the thing
1: is they didn't have cameras, so you can lay these out. And even if they find the matches, they're not going to know who did it. It's it's just so funny. (laughs) It's, it's great. Actually. I love it. Um, Because they, they go into like how to figure out what kind of fuse string to use. But basically, the entire idea is make sure it goes off after you're at home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Make sure it's like a delayed charge, basically. Yeah. They also say, like, uh, you know what? In basements where a lot of trash is kept, especially if you're like mechanic or working with machinery, you're going to get rags with oil. And rags with oil can spontaneously combust if they're not stored properly. So just start throwing your shit in the basement in a corner somewhere. (laughs) That's that's their entire thing, because eventually it will blow up. And if you're there, charge will ignite it at some point. No, no, it it oxidizes. Oh, oh,
0: oh, yeah. It's like uh, it's like that's why you don't pour gasoline over a pile of fucking wood. By the way, everyone, don't throw don't pour gallons of gasoline over piles of wood because the gasoline oxidizes and it will fucking explode in your face and kill you. So don't do that. Are you talking
1: about when the wood's on fire? No, no, no,
0: no. It's when (laughs) you just have like, like, let's say you were cutting down a bunch of trees and you're just fucking throwing like the spare shit on to a big pile. Then you stand on top of it and pour gasoline all over from the top. It creates pockets of fucking gaseous air that'll just fucking explode out. out. Yeah. That's why you see all those videos of dipshit rednecks that (laughs) blow shit up in their backyard just trying (laughs) to start a fire.
1: Uh, so don't do that. They also say get a job as a night janitor so that you can assemble all the trash where it normally goes, but don't take it out, and then flick your cigarette into it, and then Whoops. let it burn for a while and then report it. Oops, can And say specifically mean. don't report it too soon. Yeah. Sorry, I was busy smoking. <laughs> <laughs> uh on the other side of the building. <laughs> I was on my smoke break. I couldn't say anything until I got back. (laughs) They also make a fantastic point about how it's all about cleanliness. You know, if you're the janitor or, you know, one of your jobs has something to do with hygiene, do it poorly. Janitors should be inefficient in cleaning because enough dirt and trash can accumulate in an otherwise fireproof building will become inflammable. Basically, the more trash you got around, the more likely a fire is to start. And they know that so if you were to start that fire your your secret's safe huh. and then there's there's a section on where illuminating gas is used in a room we don't fucking use illuminating gas uh you know lanterns <laughs> um they start going into i love this one because we're basically running the same automatic sprinkler systems in industrial buildings that we were during this time period Really? Yeah, they're pretty much the same. There are a couple that are updated, like, in server rooms, they use oxygen displacement, but generally the water sprinklers are the exact same. So they say, hey, if if your warehouse has a lot of stock in it, or if you know there's a lot of, like, shit being stored here, like supplies, guns, weapons, ammunition, stuff like that, uh, just light a match and put it under the sprinkler head, or hit the sprinkler head. Like with a hammer, just tap it. Yeah. That'll be enough to break it and it'll... Jesus Christ. So just do that and then run away. (laughs) That's the plan. Or if you work there...
0: Like in in 40 years, I'll just give those rusty weapons to Afghanistan
1: anyway. Yeah, exactly. You'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. They also say, forget to provide paper in toilets, but provide them with thick paper or, um, you know, things that shouldn't be flushed.
0: Oh, I so was that like, they wipe
1: so with that, just like with a magazine yeah, or whatever, a and a then cut, it clogs it.
0: <laughs> fucking cut a cut a
1: paper towel roll in half. Well, this is this is the yeah, <laughs> this is the weird thing that I don't know what they're talking about. Like this is old enough now that there's some disconnect here. It says put tightly rolled paper, hair, or other obstructions in the wash closet. Hair. Is somebody going to wipe with hair? Ew. Like, why fuck? is that a what suggestion? What the fuck were you doing in the 40s? <laughs> what is that a suggestion for? America, God. But the cool thing...
0: This is I... the darkest part of our history we've yeah. unveiled yet. Wiping with hair? Ew.
1: You just walk in and, like, I like to, go back perso- in time and just...
0: Yeah. Just leaned over. <laughs> no, I personally What's like to they? use what the,
1: the bow to a cello to wipe. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, But something that, that would still definitely work is saturate a sponge with a thick starch or sugar solution. Squeeze it tightly into a ball and wrap it with string, then dry. Remove the string when it's dry. It'll be in a tight, hard ball. Flush it down the toilet, because as it gets wet, it'll reconstitute and start blocking the sewage system. So next time you're at, like, a large banker's building, use the bathroom and drop one of these sponges in there. Yeah, just take a a handful of baby wipes. Yep. Flush those bad boys down the (laughs) toilet.
0: God, everybody's always like, yeah, I was born in the wrong generation. I was born in the wrong decade. And they're like, actually, I wish I lived in the 20s. Hell no. You and I were born in the wrong, like, the wrong decade because we weren't able to do and get
1: away with domestic terrorism (laughs) (laughs) in the 40s. You can definitely get away with domestic terrorism because most bathrooms don't have a camera in them still.
0: I don't know.
1: <laughs> and that's why I said most. <laughs> it is a one-party consent state. Oh, God. True. Jesus. Um, Let's see. What else was it? Oh, I like this one because I don't... It's not very uh, practical anymore. So back in the day, buildings were designed to incorporate as much sunlight as possible so that you never turned on your lights until it started getting dark. I think in... To be honest with you,
0: in a lot of, like, expensive buildings, they also kind of utilize that. But it's not because of light. They're not like, oh, it'll, like, help with electricity. It's mainly that they're like, oh, it looks so much, like, yeah. look at all the sunlight we've utilized.
1: Well, it, it swapped from being a, we should do this to save money on electricity and lights, to, it This looks nice. This is a symbol of wealth.
0: Yeah, fuck thing. the corporations that are, uh that are doing it to show off instead
1: of for sustainability purposes. So if you know a company that does it for to show off, what you can do is untwist a light bulb, put a coin in the socket, which will still probably shock you. Well, no, it's off, so it <laughs> won't. Duh. So you put a coin in there and then you retwist the bulb, and then when they turn on the light when it starts getting dark, the fuse will blow <laughs> and the light bulb could would just might blow up. I don't fucking know. We'll find out. Depends on the light. Yeah, we'll see. I'm going down to Salt Lake for some reason soon. <laughs> we'll we'll test it. Um, they also say shove a coin between the fuses. I'm not gonna fucking touch a fuse with a piece of metal. <laughs> um, Put
0: a fork into a
1: fucking <laughs> outlet. It's for the greater good. I I do like this one. It's jam bits of paper, wood, hairpins, or anything else that will fit into the locks. Of all unguarded entrances to public buildings. I fucking love that idea. You just shove, like, a little bit of wood in there. Because then they're going to shove the key and be like, oh, it's stuck. Force it in. And, then it's and the lock forever. is completely yeah. fucked. Jesus. I really like that idea. Puts in a little spit wad, in the lock. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see. This one's more of an industrial... This section's on... Okay, you're working an industrial job. Let your tools get dull. Like, let other people's tools get dull. Um, use a file incorrectly. So, like, very rapidly, very high pressure, going both directions will fuck it up. Um, to If you're, like, grinding something with a file, when you're trying to get the, the shit off of it to, like, clean it, just smack it on a piece of metal and... Like every once in a while, one of those will snap, and you have to get a new file. It's going to cost a little bit more more money. That's going to slow down production. That's a good point. Um, use heavy pressure when drilling, so that you can heat up and snap the drill bits. Hmm, I, I like that one. Um, they they talk about power-driven tools like pneumatic drills and riveters. <laughs> that's that's not as as pertinent anymore. Um, this is my favorite part because it still is. We still use oil for lubrication of machines. (laughs) Uh, they say put metal dust, filings, fine sand, ground glass, or emery dust into your oil or on oil contact points. That's in machines, in vehicles, everything, because it will shred up and destroy anything it touches, like... You know, pistons in cars and... Ugh. Horrible. So don't do that to your own vehicle. But, you know, industrial machines, throw a little pocket sand in there. Yeah, your you're HOA president's home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Her, her fucking Mary kay Oh. <laughs> her doTERRA car. Yeah,
1: doTERRA... Yeah, doTERRA <laughs> car. Uh, they doTERRA Tesla. Yeah. Um, poke a pencil in any filter system. In any filter anywhere, any filter mesh, just use a pencil and poke a hole through it. You'll fuck up whatever machine it is. Eventually. Yeah, it won't filter anymore. Exactly. And the, the whole point of these is you're not going to get results right away. You're going to have plenty of time that nobody will even remember that you were involved. It's all about the long con. Exactly. Um, if you cannot get to the lubrication system or filter directly, y- dilute it. One pint to 20 gallons with almost any liquid. Uh, sulfuric acid, varnish, whatever the fuck water glass is, linseed oil are especially effective. So just dilute out wherever, you know, wherever oil is and it won't work anymore. Makes sense. Um, use thin oil where heavy oil should be used and vice versa. Um, clog and basically the whole idea is clog everything. Twist combings of human hair, pieces of string, dead... What's the hair? How much fucking human hair was lying around? (laughs) In the the 40s. What the fuck? They just had human hair everywhere! It was a hellscape. But yeah, they basically just say, if you have access to a line, put hair in it.
0: (laughs) Um, 1940s barbers don't want you to know about this one trick.
1: God, what the it's, fuck it's is fantastic. up with hair? Uh, they also say, put some hard grains like rice or wheat into water cooling systems because eventually they'll swell and just clog it.
0: Hmm.
1: And then whatever it, the water cooling system is fucking <laughs> just gets, blows up. Yeah, <laughs> just gets destroyed. Um, they say, if there's something really, really, really hot, pour really, really, really cold water on it. Oh, God, dude. And do that as much as you can. <laughs> As often as you can. It'll just crack shit. Um, Air cooling systems. Pocket sand that shit. Turns out pocket sand is the best thing. If you want to sabotage a bunch of shit. Um, They talk about fuel tanks. How just throw sawdust in gas tanks. When you see them. Have a pocket full of sawdust. And throw that shit in everything. Sugar. Sugar. Although, at this time, it wasn't that suggested because of rationing. But if you got sugar, throw it in a gas tank. Everybody knows that one. Don't give it to someone in need. Put it in a gas tank. Exactly. Honey and molasses are just as good as sugar. (laughs) I I love this. Because it gets kind of repetitive at this point where it's just put it in a gas tank. Whatever it is, throw it in your gas tank. Not yours, somebody else's. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Water, urine, wine, or any other simple liquid. You can get in reasonably large quantities. They only added the wine in there because they were distributing this to the French resistance. Um, Dilute your gasoline. Yeah, one one pint to 20 gallons of gasoline will make it so that gas shouldn't combust in an engine anymore. Uh, it also says, you know what? You should use salt water, though, because it'll also corrode the engine from the inside. That's Hmm. even better. That's a good one. You know? Styrofoam. I've seen that most, uh, enforcement vehicles that are black and white and have lights on the top, they do not have a lock on their fuel tank. Moving on. Diesel (laughs) engines are finicky already. Just... Use different oil than what what you need. Use low flashpoint oil, and it'll fuck it up. <laughs> oh, oh, th- this one's cool. This is where I got the wax idea earlier. You. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So fuel lines often pass over exhaust pipes at some point in the machine. So what you do is, when the machine's cold, poke a hole in the fuel line above the exhaust tank, uh, above the exhaust pipe. Then plug that hole with wax that you keep in your pocket with your sawdust and sand. Then, as the vehicle is being driven, it heats up, the wax melts, and then gasoline dumps on this hot exhaust system and ignites. And that's how you burn somebody in their own vehicle. Jesus Christ. And make it look like uh, a mistake. Because they're not going to be able to find a pinpoint of wax. They'll just say, oh, the fuel line split. Jesus, that's fucking wild. That's a that's a good one. I like that one. Uh, for no reason. Um, they also say if you know you know how rapidly gas evaporates. You know, you open a tank on one side of the room. Very quickly, you'll smell it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but it has to get up to a certain percentage. I learned this at the at the uh, fire academy. Every gas has to mix with oxygen at a certain concentration before it will ignite. If it's too little, it won't ignite. If it's too much, it won't ignite. So what you do is you light a candle in that corner and open a bunch of fuel tanks on that corner and then close the door on your way out of work when you're clocking out. And then, in a couple hours, that concentration will hit and the room will explode. Jesus. Everything's with a candle. I love it. Candles are so underutilized. Uh, Let's see. Uh, they go into electric motors, which are these new- new fan things, basically the same thing. Like, overload it, throw a penny in it, and you'll be fine. Um, let's see, I skipped a bunch here. Because it's basically- Oh, this one was put a piece of sandpaper the size of a postage stamp in a place where it will touch the rotating brushes on an engine. It will be destroyed and will result in a fire. Goddamn. sandpapers great anything that should be smooth you should use sandpaper <laughs> uh, let's see they go into air cooled transformers which I don't think we use a lot anymore uh, throw sand into turbines all that fun stuff boilers we don't use them anymore but too much water or shitty fire you know works slow so we're gonna get to the- this goes in they go into like production agriculture how to sabotage railways and shit like this and i'm going to mention the um the railway sabotage because while that isn't as common here it is common in other parts of the world and it also just kind of applies to any kind of travel it very well very much applies to airplanes make train travel as inconvenient as possible for enemy personnel make mistakes in issuing train tickets Leave portions of the journey uncovered by the ticket book. Issue two tickets for the same seat to create an interesting argument. Oh, God. God. Um, when the train is arriving soon, so write out the tickets as slow as possible so that they can say last call and you're still writing the ticket that they already paid for. You give it to them and say, sorry, you missed your train. Yeah. Whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> sorry. Um... Make life as uncomfortable as possible for the passengers. make sure the food is especially bad. Uh, go and you know when in trains they would they after you're gone, they come and collect your ticket. like they walk yeah. along and get your ticket. Make sure you go get and get your ticket after midnight. Go get everybody's ticket. so you have to wake everybody up. and I love that. Make Interrupt sure those REM cycles yeah. baby and handle your baggage as noisily as possible during the night. Um, make sure that the luggage of enemy personnel is mislaid. Switch the address labels on the luggage so it gets sent to the wrong place. Um, there's a lot that goes into like the switches on train systems. Who gives a shit about that? That doesn't happen anymore. Not here. Um, I love this one. Change signposts at intersections. The enemy is going to be, because this is targeted towards people in occupied Areas They're not going to be as familiar. They're going to be relying on street signs during this time period. Now we have GPS, so that doesn't really work anymore. But I just love the idea that you're driving along and you're like, Hans, which way? You know, to the opera house. And you're like, oh, it's that road. You go down that road and then (laughs) you're in the middle of nowhere. Which brings us to the second part, which is remove warning signs from sharp sharp curves. (laughs) Fucking... Bugs Bunny was the, like, true advocate... Oh, yeah. ...of this entire book. I love the idea that, you know, you're... <laughs> there's a warning sign that says Sharp Curve Ahead, and you take it down and you replace it with a 60 kilometers an hour sign. <laughs> so they speed up and just go right off the cliff. God damn it. And, like, uh, this shit isn't... Like, there's no way to track how successful this was. Um... Oh, this one's great. When somebody asks for directions, give them the wrong information. Especially when it's an enemy convoy. And yeah, no shit. God damn it. Um, they also say that, like, if you see a pothole in the middle of the night, go dig it out. <laughs> like, make it worse. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, throw broken glass, nails, and sharp rocks into the roads. Um, if you're a bus driver, so very niche bit of advice, but if you're a bus driver, stop after the stop that they wanted to st- to get off at. Say, "Oh, sorry, I missed it." And just keep driving; they're not going to do anything. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Let's see. Unattended cars. If you if you're walking along and there's a car unlocked and there's some fucking asshole, and you know whose car it is, just jam a little bit of wood into their ignition. That like into the mm-hmm. ignition where yeah, the key goes. Yeah. That'll fuck them up. I mean, you could do it into their, like, keyhole. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Into the keyhole. Um, Loosen the fuses, because usually they're in the compartment. And put dirt in the spark plugs. (laughs) And bruise any wiring um, insulation. If you see a wire that's insulated, pinch it. It'll weaken that. (laughs)
0: Fucking work for four hours
1: on an unattended vehicle. No biggie. Uh, cut the brake lines. No, I I made that one up. That would be a little obvious. Jesus. But they do say make pinholes in brake lines or gas lines or anything yeah. like that, it's so the they don't burn. notice yeah. exactly. That's um, what happened to you? Yeah. God damn. I've, I've read. This it's book. the second time my brake line has broken. Oh, that's so odd. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so strange. It's in the same spot. It's just a little hole. Yeah. And it looks like two peas made by a pin. Over-lubricate shit or put not enough lubricant on everything that moves. (laughs) Throw sand. If it moves, throw sand in it. Um, There's a lot of shit if you're a mechanic, how to sabotage a repaired tire. So you actually repair it, but it's going to break in four days or a week. Jesus. And it's going to be worse unrepairable at that point um boat sabotage basically lie about how bad the uh the weather is <laughs> that, that's so a really hard. big one um demagnetize the compass <laughs> i love that <laughs> idea jesus
0: fucking <laughs> like opposite poles i like
1: it they they go into telephone sabotage and doesn't really apply anymore but the ones that do i remember these ones luckily because they're not highlighted anymore for some fucking reason (laughs) um cut people off on accident like hang up on people just oh i'm so sorry drop drop the call call um and call enemy headquarters every day once (laughs) you call them and say oh sorry wrong number click (laughs) and just that little bit of sabotage you know that's Just enough. Their line being held up that much longer. Uh, Make false reports. This was a lot easier before uh, caller ID and GPS, but they were like, oh, just call in fake fights, uh, fires, fights, fires and air raids. Just say uh, you found something that looks like a bomb and throw a cardboard box across town somewhere. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So they have to spend all that time. They go into how to like disassemble the phone and like remove the diaphragm so you can't talk through it and then put it back together so that nobody knows how to fix that until you get an engineer in and it's expensive. (laughs) Basically the whole thing is be inconvenient and annoying as fuck. Like it's obvious somebody took the diaphragm out of the phone but how do you prove that? Like that's the whole idea like it's okay if you're obvious like it's obvious sabotage but try to not be. Because they'll crack down. Oh, there's a whole section on telegraph. How to sabotage a telegraph system. If you... One extra beep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Punch out the telegraph operator. Now, this is where it gets pertinent to today. And it's been going for a little long. Sorry. I just, you know, I want to give you a good practical guide. So this is where it gets interesting. This completely holds up. It's under the Organizations and Conferences section. Insist on doing everything through channels. Never permit shortcuts to be taken in order to expedite decisions. Make speeches. Talk as frequently as possible and at great length. Illustrate your points by long anecdotes and accounts of personal experiences. Never hesitate to make a few appropriate patriotic comments. <laughs> Jesus. I, I have worked with people who do this shit. Because it thinks because they think they're gonna get a promotion who do everything in this book because they think they're gonna be a better Jesus worker Christ um when possible refer all matters to committees for further study and consideration <laughs> attempt to make the committees as large as possible never less than five because <laughs> then that's cutting into their work too and I get a drink oh I love this one I do this one at my work all the time well, no, I don't have to. Everybody else does this shit. Bring up irrelevant issues as frequently as possible. <laughs> God. Haggle over the precise wordings of communications, minutes, and resolutions. Um. I love that, especially with like... Well, in the policy, it specifically says this. Are you interpreting that like this? That dumb shit. Uh, advocate caution, be reasonable, and urge your fellow employees to be reasonable and avoid haste because you might get embarrassed later. (laughs) Shortcuts lead to long delays. Take your time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just love these ones from, or to your managers or or supervisors demand written orders. Um, (laughs) ask, yeah, ask, um, endless questions engage in long correspondences about your orders um misunderstand your assignments do everything possible to delay the delivery of assignments um (laughs) if you're in a supply position don't order new materials until you're basically out (laughs) so i'm so sorry i put that in on the order i don't know why it didn't come through um i love this one because it's not as pertinent but order high quality materials that are hard to get uh if you don't get them argue about the fact that inferior materials will mean inferior work (laughs) um this one's good in making work assignments always sign out the unimportant jobs first so if you're you know assigning roles and tasks and things do the dumb shit first and give them to the best people the best workers and then the most important right. shit needs to go to the worst, stupidest workers at the end of their easy stuff. Exactly.
0: So there doesn't get, nobody gets to it. And slows down all of production.
1: Yeah, and, and... Um, they they say to compliment the shitty workers and endlessly complain about the most efficient workers <sighs> just to piss them off. Jesus Christ! Um, insist on perfect work in un- like if you're reviewing products, like if you're creating something. If it there's a small flaw, send it back and have them redo it. But if there's a big flaw, but it's not super visible to somebody who doesn't know what they're looking at, send it through. So you de- demand perfection on some stupid things that don't matter. And point, and you know. Jesus, I Christ. love it. I, I think it's so smart. Like, all of this makes sense when you think about it. Um, I, this one's great. Uh, send like supplies or if you're communicating with people send it to the wrong person (laughs) send everything to the wrong person when training new workers give them the wrong information (laughs) teach them how to do everything incorrectly um (laughs) hold meetings when there is more important work to be done my job does this every time perfectly
0: it's because the people you work for are stupid as fuck
1: well yeah there's that (laughs) Um, a lot of this goes into like carbon copies and how to fuck up carbon copies, but nobody uses carbon copies anymore. But I like this just misfile shit on accident every once in a while. That makes sense, except we all use computers. So I guess make, uh, misplace your file. Yeah. Right. There you go. Don't organize your files. Yeah. Don't organize your files at all. Um, spread disturbing rumors that sound, and it says, that sound like inside dope, which is just like, oh, spread rumors that sound like they're legit. Yeah, Yeah, it's the scoop. Work slowly. Increase the number of movements necessary on your job. That sounds familiar. Um, create as many interruptions to your work as you can. Jesus. Even if you understand the language, pretend to not understand... The language. <laughs> God damn it. Pretend that the instructions are difficult to understand. Ask them repeatedly to repeat themselves. Uh, pretend you're anxious to do your work and pester your que- your uh, manager with as many questions as possible. Dope. I love it. I'm
0: all about this.
1: Do your work poorly and blame it on poor tools or materials. <laughs> like, sorry, I wish I could do more work, but my this computer is shit. I think I need a new one. There was an employee who did that. I swear to God, they actually were fine, and they just made up the whole lie about their computer not working, so they didn't have to do as much. Because there were multiple days, like at least one a week, where, oh, my computer is not working. I can't do anything. Boy, this thing's running slow. Yeah, they won't connect. I don't know why. Oh, I, I love it. Um, <clears throat> fill out forms wrong. Uh, that that's 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 a a fun one let's see i think that's just about i think (laughs) right here direct quotes general devices for lowering morale and creating confusion these will are pertinent to everybody give lengthy and incomprehensible explanations when questioned report imaginary spies or danger act stupid (laughs) jesus (laughs) Be as irritable and quarrelsome as possible without getting in trouble. Misunderstand all sorts of regulations concerning such matters, such as, I don't know, rationing, supplies, transportation, anything. Just misunderstand anything you're told. You are going to be the stupidest, most annoying person. And that's how you you sabotage anything. Bring an entire system crumbling to a halt. Take notes everybody. I I hope you were all taking notes because there will be a test on this. Yeah. Next week. I I'm still I still don't understand why it saved my highlights to the 5th page.
0: Because uh your 6th page. Your iPad is sentient and it was like, "You know what might slow down production for
1: this?" Fuck, you're right. Episode. No.
0: If I just don't save his highlights, and he has to read the whole book again on air.
1: <laughs> no, I I it actually shortened it because i skipped a lot more uh, i see because i didn't want to go through the paragraphs that had just like a great thing a in the middle of it explanation so yeah be stupid uh have pocket sand yeah and be creative and don't get caught you didn't hear it from me if anybody asks uh you didn't hear it from me and if you did don't don't do exactly that. don't right. do that easy Fixed. no you're cured. Alright, you got Patreon? Oh, I do. That was. I need, to, I need to take a nap after this. Just kidding. I gotta make no, a No, you're gonna pint. help me on the fucking basement. Oh, yeah, that too. Uh, so, the uh, chair people of the PP, and, you know, everybody on Patreon, thank you guys for, uh, you know, letting us keep doing this. Yeah, I said that right. I'm keeping the lights on around the studio, we got Mini D and Nordic Thunder. Thank, thank, thank you guys so much. much. Um... Then we got uh, Abby, AJ's Third Nut, Haley, Lindo, Toddle Waddle, Casey McFacey, Dark Runner, D's Nuts, and Lara Ravo. Thank you guys so much for uh, supporting us and all that fun stuff. Yeah, we appreciate your support. It, I mean,
0: we wouldn't be doing it if, yeah, if God, you yeah. weren't helping. You guys have definitely helped us with growth in ways that I didn't really I know were possible. Pee-pee. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, if you ever have any. Articles, books, movies, music, whatever. If you have anything to recommend, by all means, pass it along. Reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at so Pressure, or if you just need somebody to talk to, by all means, we're we're here. And if you don't want to talk to just me, then I'll text AJ that uh, a message was sent to the thing, and he'll take care of it. So yeah, always feel free to reach out, and we will catch you guys next Monday.